shit, shit, shit. He didn't want to think about that. About her. So much time had passed, and still she had the ability to blow his composure. How was she? Still in California, apparently. Or she'd be the one here dealing with whatever had to be dealt with. Didn't Tipton have other relatives? Yes, I'm sure he did. So how the hell was Cannon involved? Cannon watched the assistant glide in, leading with her big breasts. A wave of perfume drifted with her. She handed more documents to the disorganized suit and then, smiling at Cannon, moved close enough to brush her thigh against his. Smiling down at him, she touched his knee. Would you like a cola? Coffee? Trying not to be too obvious, he moved out of her reach. With women, he always stayed cool. Except for that time with Yvette. Water would be nice, thanks. Of course. She shifted her hand to his shoulder, stroked, felt his muscle beneath the soft cotton of his faded T-shirt, and then trailed off. I'll get it right now. Being a guy, and therefore not immune to a come-on, Cannon looked her over more closely as she left. She had one of those super curvy figures that got enhanced with a cinched suit, skirt, and soft blouse. High-heeled pumps showed off her sexy calves. Big breasts, full hips, twisted up pale blonde hair. She wore her sexuality out there, almost bludgeoning him with her interest her sly looks, and the occasional lick of her shiny red lips. Women hit on him. No big deal. But never in a lawyer's office under these circumstances. Was she doing the lawyer? Were her blatant come-ons to make Whitaker jealous? Cannon eyed the older man, wondering if he'd even noticed the dozen different ways his assistant had already made her interest known. Not that he was cynical or anything. And not that he was biting. At least, he didn't think he was. Still, when she came back in and leaned down farther than necessary to hand him the glass of ice water and napkin, Cannon went ahead and checked out her cleavage. Her skin looked soft, but that overpowering perfume assaulted his nostrils until he looked away. The lawyer stacked his papers and took off his glasses. Thank you, Mindy. I'll let you know if we need anything else. Accepting the abrupt dismissal, She nodded. I'll be at my desk. Behind the lawyer, Mindy paused in the doorway, made a show of looking Cannon over from shoulders to knees, her sultry gaze lingering on his crotch. She gave another slow lick of her lips and, yeah, okay. He was maybe a little interested. Hell, he'd been so involved in training, traveling for the fight and then the fight itself, He'd suffered self-imposed celibacy for too long. But for right now, Cannon gave his full attention back to Whitaker. What could the man possibly need from him that took so damn many papers and notes? Finally, somber in his preparedness, the lawyer folded his hands together and stared directly at Cannon. You have inherited property and funds from Mr. Sweeney. Whoa. A surge of fear brought Cannon forward. His heart thumped heavily in his chest. Did something happen to Yvette? Bushy brows coming together, the lawyer slid his glasses back on, sifted through the goddamned papers and shook his head. You're talking about Ms. Sweeney, the granddaughter? Yes. 
she has inherited as well. Relief sent oxygen back into his lungs. Jesus. Cannon pinched the bridge of his bruised nose, annoyed by his over-the-top reaction. But then, with Yvette, it had always been that way. The lawyer went on. And, in fact, Mr. Sweeney has evenly divided his assets between the two of you. No way. Between Yvette and me? Yes. Blank. Cannon sat on the edge of his seat and tried to sort it out. Without success. I don't get it. Why would he do that? He left you a letter. The lawyer handed over an envelope. I trust it will explain what I can't. But what I can explain is that Mr. Sweeney came to me three years ago with very detailed instructions on the distribution of his assets in the event of his demise. He revisited once again.